Hello and welcome back to another edition of the K-Poparama Podcast. I'm your host, Kidonan, and for today's episode, we are going to be answering the million-dollar question. Is it getting too expensive to watch K-dramas? Now, I'll be honest, this topic is really out of the blue, and it is, but something happened to me recently that put this question into my head, and I thought about it. And next thing you knew, it's a podcast idea. So here we are. So we're going to talk about it. But genuinely, I think this is something that is kind of important to talk about. And I think something that you guys might be interested in. So be on the lookout for that on this week's episode. But before we get into all of that, of course, if you like the podcast and you like what we do, don't forget to like, subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast platform. We're available on just about any podcast platform to think of. And for an Apple podcast, don't forget to subscribe with a five-star rating on the podcast. That helps it a lot. And last but not least, our social media will be in the podcast description below. Now, with all that being said, let's get into today's episode. Alright, so the main reason why this podcast is going to be about the price of watching k-dramas is because of my own experience watching a drama that is currently on air right now so this drama in question is a drama called jirisan now as a side note before i go on um this drama is a really really intriguing one and i'm I'm just so like intrigued with this show and it's really really good and be on the lookout for future content about this drama in the near future because it's really really good. But anyway, um this when I was like um starting to watch this drama, I was watching it on Vicky. And to be honest, I was I just found out on Google that it was available on Vicky and I just watched it from there and I didn't really think about it much from there and I was just watching the drama, right? But then, I kind of realized that on every single episode of Jirisan, there is an intro to a website called IQIYI.com. Now, I don't know how you pronounce that whole name as a word, so that's how I'm going to pronounce it, so bear with me on that. But there is an intro to that website on every single episode of the show. Now, I was wondering, oh, that's interesting. So I did more research about this website and it turns out to be another um, streaming website that streams K-dramas. And this was kind of news to me because um, I actually didn't know that this website was a thing and they were streaming K-dramas. So this was kind of news to me. Um, For some of you veteran K-drama watchers out there, this isn't probably like news to you like you probably already knew this but for me since to be totally honest i'm still fairly new to k-dramas um this was kind of news to me so there's all that but it turns out that the stream that vicky has for the show uh is actually a week late from the stream of jd-san that is on iqiyi.com And it turns out that this website actually has exclusive rights to the drama. 
Um, apparently, I did some background research on this. Um, apparently, this website gave a lot of funding to the production of this drama. So I guess in exchange for that money or that budget, uh, they basically got exclusive rights to stream the stream the uh, drama, you know, on air live without a one week delay. So I guess that's kind of why that became a thing. So with all this being said, um, as I already mentioned already, this was really news to me, and it made me interested to see just how many streaming sites for K dramas are actually out there because up until this point um i've only consumed k-dramas from either vicky or netflix that's it like i didn't really like discover any other sites not because i to be honest i didn't really need to need other streaming sites to watch shows i wanted to watch so i didn't really have a need to research them but now that I have a reason to do so, I wanted to see what was going on. So for this part of the show, I guess, I want to give a special shout out to the Certified Nunas podcast because they actually did a podcast dedicated to kind of informing their viewers and also, I guess, anyone in general about the different streaming sites out there that you can go to to watch your K-dramas. Um, I'll put a link to a blog post about this and it, it also has a uh, podcast link as well talking about this but they did a really good breakdown on this and I just want to go through with you guys some of the uh, streaming options that you have as a K-drama fan to watch some of your favorite K-dramas. So let's go through it right now because there is surprisingly, at least to me anyway, a lot more streaming options out there than I thought initially. So here we go. So first one, Vicky, which I'm sure a lot of you guys are familiar with. I have a subscription. It's fine. It's good. A lot of good selection and whatnot. So that's great. Um, there's also Kachoa. I think that's how you pronounce it. Kachoa, which I think um, I'm kind of familiar with because I know for Vicky, you can watch some Kachoa content on the Vicky app, but Apparently, it's it, like watching Kachoa content on Viki is technically like that's not part of like the Kachoa membership. That's all like a whole different thing. So there's all of that. So there's that platform. They have tons of K dramas, variety shows, K pop, and whatever, which is pretty cool. Um, there's Netflix, of course. I mean, everyone has Netflix, so there isn't really much to say there. Um, there's YouTube, which. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, like, there's some documentaries, the K-pop, and there's also some K-movies as well, which is really good. Um, there is IQIYI.com, which I already mentioned already. Um, there is WeTV, which is a streaming site that I had no idea about, but it is a thing, so there's that. Um, there is also streaming sites like Mango TV and On Demand China, which kind of caters to more... Chinese dramas, which is pretty cool, but I feel like I should mention it because it's in the page that I'm going to be linking below. So there's that. Um, there is View, which, you know, streams their own set of K-dramas as well, as well as other Asian dramas. Um, I believe for this particular streaming site, 
Um, I think they're based in Singapore, I believe. So they have um, a lot of like services or like, at least subtitles at least for that area of the world because they have subtitles in English, Chinese, Arabic, Malaysian, Indonesian, Burmese, Chinese, Tamil, Hindi, Telugu, and so on. So that's pretty cool. Like I'm glad that's that service is a thing. Um, there's also on-demand Korea, which I've I've actually been I'm actually familiar with because I've seen their website before. They also have their own set of K dramas and movies. Um, there's also Asian Crush, which again is another streaming service that's available in North America, and they primarily have lots of dramas and movies from East Asia, so that's pretty cool. Um, there is others like Line TV and Gaga Ulala, which is a, which I, which I feel like I need to kind of emphasize because I know it's not primarily showing K dramas, but I just feel like on principle this streaming site is pretty cool. Um, it's dedicated to showing lgbtq films and television primarily from asia which i feel like is really cool really progressive thing to have so all of that is really cool and also um uh, this particular blog post was made back in july so they have upcoming and this is confirmed now um there's going to be k dramas on disney plus um there's also k dramas on Hulu, Amazon Prime, Crunchyroll in some regard, even though it's not as much as compared to the other streaming sites that we have mentioned already. And there's also Apple TV, which is apparently upcoming. So really, considering that I spent like at least five minutes talking about all the different options you can have, it's a lot of options to have. And considering that most of these services like have like you have to pay in order to have full access to their stuff it does beg the question is it getting expensive to watch all of these shows on these different streaming platforms now look i know i understand like in order to kind of stand out as a service you need to have your own exclusive like dramas or shows or whatever that is like exclusive to your streaming platform in order to you know encourage people to sign up to your service i get that but at the same time when i think about it all of this adds up and in at the end of the day it kind of leads to us as fans having to pay a lot of money for subscriptions like okay i guess to bring up my own situation with this right um for me for my own personal use i have a viki and a netflix membership um for these two it's i think like the base the cheapest um basic plan that you can have so i think for the viki one it's the five dollar basic pass and for netflix it's like the lowest okay maybe not the lowest but the second lowest tier for netflix so that's like 14 dollars. so in total that's around 20 to 22 dollars us per month including tax now even at that price and i'll admit that these are only two subscriptions right like that that is kind of a lot of money to fork over to watch TV, like my favorite K dramas and whatnot. But really, like I feel like their selection of dramas is good, so I'm more than happy to pay that per month. 
And to be honest with you, if you've followed this podcast ever since the beginning, um, I think you'd be able to find out this similar pattern in that um, most of the K-dramas that I reviewed on this show have come from either Vicky or Netflix. And that's kind of the main reason why. It just, they just so happen to be the main two streaming subscriptions I have. So it just made sense to this discover dramas that are really available to me for free and I don't have to pay for it so that is great like that's um it's a very very good situation for me and I have little to no issues with either platform it's great but realistically I imagined for a lot of you guys out there and most k-drama fans out there in the big wide world um you probably can only have at least reasonably have one to two subscriptions at most and if you're in a situation that you have like have access to more subscriptions i mean for one i'm quite jealous of you because man that's that's free content basically um you know you most likely get that from sharing a streaming account with family or friends which is great but i feel like if you combine like the grand total of all of the subscriptions that the uh, Certified Nunas blog post mentioned, um, I, I was just curious for the sake of this podcast, right? So I added up all of the monthly fees that you could potentially pay. And it was a grand total of $73 per month. $73 US. Like, that's a lot of money. Like, let's be honest. And that's kind of, that's probably the reason why for most people they probably only have a small handful of subscriptions because look if you can afford it I mean by all means go ahead and like get all of the subscriptions you want but seventy three dollars man that's that is a lot of money to fork over and for most people especially me like you. <laughs> We have a thing called a budget and we can't really afford to, you know, like go and splurge on things like this. So there's all of that. And while I'll admit, like, you could probably reduce that number of $73 per month if you're willing to watch dramas for free on some websites. Because I know there's some websites like Viki and those kind of websites where you can actually watch the dramas for free but you have to go through a ton of ads now if if you don't really have a choice in this situation well i mean you can't really help it so you just have to just live with it but if like for me right like i i want to be invested when i watch a k-drama and seeing an ad pop pop out of nowhere would really take me out of the immersion. So for me, just for the experience in general, I end up buying the subscription just so I don't have to see the ads, which honestly is such a first world problem (laughs) to be totally frank with you, but you can see why (laughs) these websites are just so appealing to just buy the subscription, you know? And I think it really does say to just how diverse 
the streaming community is and also how it's quite painful for your wallet and I guess it kind of begs the question what does this say about the future of the K-drama watching experience going forward? And I think that's a very interesting question to answer. And you'll get that answer right after this break. So be right, be right back. Okay, so we're back. So before we went to break, I gave the question to you guys about the future of the K-drama watching experience. And I think just from telling you guys about all of the different streaming services that are out there and how expensive they can all be, you know, you could say, yeah, it will probably be good, but it will also be really painful for my wallet or for my credit card or whatever. And I think, in my opinion, that logic is very much true because I think for the future of the K-drama watching experience, it will be both really good but also have a lot of things that are not so great about it. And it's for a lot of reasons that I've already mentioned already. I mean, I guess let's start with the good things to start. Um, I mean, the fact that more streaming sites are picking up K-dramas tells you that the interest in these shows are booming at the moment. It's hottest as it's ever been. I mean, you just have to look at the success I guess international success, I mean, of Korean dramas like Crash Landing on You or Squid Game that have definitely 100% without a doubt increased interest in K-dramas and it will most likely encourage more streaming sites to pick up their own K-dramas to get on the action because let's be honest, for most of these streaming companies, they are picking up K-dramas because they can see money to be made from picking up these shows because they know that you know these shows are so hot at the moment and they want to get people to get on their website so they can watch these shows which is all the reason for them to pick up the licenses for them so for their view it's very much a win-win like for example like let's go back to Disney Plus um, Disney Plus is going to I mean, I believe they acquired the rights to some variety shows and some dramas that will come out later in 2022. But most notably, they've come out with the rights, exclusive rights to Snowdrop. And I think out of all the dramas that have been talked about this year, this one is definitely the one that is most talked about. Um... Part of it is because uh, Jisoo from Blackpink is in it, so she's doing her acting debut in this drama. And also, there's also some very unsavory bits, which I won't get into for this show. Um, if you're interested in it, uh, you can do some your own research because there's tons of things about all of the controversy that was around this drama. But main thing to take away is that this is a very hotly tipped drama. And the fact that Disney Plus picked it up shows you that they want to get in on the action and they know that people will come onto their website to watch the drama. And I will most likely do that as well because I already have a Disney Plus subscription. So there's all of that. And unfortunately, um, well, things that are happening with Disney Plus with K and K-dramas are great. They do unfortunately, you know, punish 
are wallets in a lot of ways. And, you know, like I mentioned in the first half of the podcast, um, I think the future will very much have, you know, a situation where there will be K-dramas where they will be exclusive to a particular streaming service. So, you know, we could be having exclusives K-dramas on Netflix and they kind of already do in some regard already. Uh, we could be having exclusive K-dramas that might be only airing only on Disney Plus or Apple TV or Viki and so on. And that will probably increase by a lot. And it'll be a situation where if you cannot afford to get all of these streaming services, you will most likely be priced out of some of some K-dramas that you could potentially watch. And... Well, that's unfortunate. Um, companies will still do this because they know that there will be a significant amount of people who are willing to give them the money to watch all of these shows. And that is probably what will happen. And really, for us consumers, for us fans, uh, some of us will end up losing out because, you know, like I mentioned earlier in the show, um, most people might have to make a choice between which streaming site that they subscribe to because they simply do not have the funds to pay or even justify paying all of these different streaming sites that are out there and you know it some and for some people because i feel like i need to emphasize this as well um some people don't have the privilege or at least i guess the luck i guess of having a friend that they can borrow, you know, their subscription account to to a different streaming site. Like, while some people might have that that luck, some other others might not have that that kind of situation. So that's why it will suck for some people because they will ultimately be priced out of some K dramas that might be genuinely good, and they might not be able to watch it through streaming services because they simply just can't afford it and it sucks and for me personally this situation very much reminds me of my sports watching experience because um in the world of sports which is like a whole different like hobby that i'm into um this similar situation is happening because a lot of sports games are on streaming sites now and in order to support to watch the team that I support, um, I'm ending up having to subscribe to different streaming services as well in order to keep track of all the games because some game some some matches are just not available on current plans that I have. So I end up having to buy something else entirely new, which is a whole pain in the butt. And also, in the end of the day, it also burns more money in my wallet, which sucks as well. And all of this is just more pain for our bank account. And in the future, we will most likely have to pay more. And in doing so, while I myself will be able to afford it, I know there will probably be others that won't be able to do so. And it will lead to people being priced out, like I mentioned already. And that fact just sucks because, you know, for me, like I would want as many people as possible to enjoy the wonder of K-dramas. 
and the fact that some people might have to be priced out because they simply just cannot afford all of the different streaming subscriptions out there sucks you know like it it's really unfortunate but unfortunately that's the future that we're heading to now with all that being said i guess this kind of begs the question what can you do as a consumer what can you do as a k-drama fan in this situation now in reality there's not really much you can do um i mean this is kind of the trajectory that these businesses are heading towards so whether it be next year or like five years in the future i just think this is kind of just how entertainment's gonna be going forward and yeah we're just gonna have to live with that and with the interest that k-dramas are getting now and i think it will probably increase well into the future um it'll probably i mean it'll probably be more available on different streaming sites and also in that context as well there'll also be more exclusives which means you will have to decide which dramas you're willing to not watch because you're getting priced out so i guess the million dollar question in this case is how do you decide which streaming platforms are the best value for money deals for you and your use case now this kind of logic is kind of something that i use whenever i have to make big purchases so like i don't know a computer or some very expensive thing that i know is very expensive will be very painful for my wallet but it's something that i really want to use so i guess in order to answer this question you yourself as a fan need to answer these three questions question one what k-dramas do you like to watch do you like to watch romance shows do you like to watch action shows or political dramas or other dramas of a different genre like what kind of k-drama k-drama genre do you want to watch because you know let's be honest there's like different genres within the big giant genre of k-dramas there's a lot of subgenres, you know so you got to decide which one that you like to watch question two which streaming platforms have the dramas that you like because you know let's be honest like for most of these streaming platforms they will mo very may well likely have the same selection but with very diff very specific differences so like you know as i already mentioned before there's like different exclusives on different platforms so you have to decide for yourself which streaming platforms have enough dramas that you like and that's ultimately a question that i can't answer for you so there's that now question three is the price of the subscription service that you're interested in something that works with your budget now you know i mean at the end of the day money is very important in this situation and you know these streaming services have different prices to some varying degree and while i do not know your personal budget situation um that's something that you have to decide for yourself because at the end of the day i don't know and you are the one that 
probably knows best so that's something you ultimately have to keep in mind now for in this situation i i mean i kind of mentioned my own situation already when it comes to the type of subscriptions i stream to but i feel like it's not really right for me to recommend what you should do because you know at the end of the day everyone's situation is different something that i do that works for me might not work for you for a multitude of reasons so yeah um this is something you ultimately have to figure out on your own and really to be totally honest this is really the best that you can do in the situation um depending on your budget you will see most shows to be honest but in deciding on a specific set of subscriptions you will most likely miss a few shows here and there it's not great but it's not the end of the world either and really it's not really your fault either because you know it's not like you're you're making these services um other people are making them and you know this is kind of just how business is you know um it so if you are in a situation where you can't afford to watch a certain drama because it's on a certain platform, like there's really no need to blame yourself for that. Like this, it's something that you can't help, you know. So please, if you're in the situation, please keep all of these things in mind because they're something generally really important that you have to think about. And yeah, it's just something that I think you should really consider considering the future of entertainment that we will most likely be facing and you could probably use this logic for other situations as well in other different hobbies because of how digitalized everything has turned out to be and we'll probably do so even more in the future so keep all of that in mind but i think other than that um that about wraps up this i guess informative episode of the k-pop rama podcast um i'm actually curious so let me know what you guys think about everything that i've said on this show and i really want to pass on the question to you guys like do you think that k-dramas are getting too expensive and i actually want to know your guys' situations or like how you guys watch your k-dramas because i'm genuinely interested to see how you guys approach this dilemma because it's a very interesting thing that i think will probably have a lot of varying solutions because everyone's situation is different so i'm really interested to see interested to see what you guys think about it but with all that being said wherever you are in this gigantic world of ours thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the kebab rama podcast I hope you guys enjoyed this week's episode and be sure to tune in to another episode next week. But until then, this is Gian from the K-Pop Roma Podcast signing off. Take care and have a brilliant weekend, everybody. Peace. Bye-bye. Aloha. Take care.